on 105FM and around the world online. This is FM 105. Number one in the charts this day in 1984, yeah, 37 years ago with Wham! I Don't Want Your Freedom. Spent three weeks in at number one. You don't have to spend three weeks with me, but certainly stay with me for the next hour. It's another pack show tonight with me, Chris Scott, on The Chris Scott Show on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Thank you for lending me yours, and let's hope you enjoy the programme tonight, folks. We are joined later in the programme tonight by Castle Welland Studio Players with Series 2 of The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan No Middle Name Jackson, written by Anthony McFadden. Bit of shuffling about amongst the actors and characters tonight before they start out on their adventures again, continuing from the last series in 1971. So Jonathan, Samantha and Donna were at Glastonbury. What's going to happen? Well, stay tuned and we'll find out. Over the course of the next six weeks, all will be revealed. And tonight we speak to local singer-songwriter Conal Montgomery, who's just released his new single, My Confession. Well, not quite all his, because we talk to the uh, writer, the lyric writer, Killalez Duxy Leakey, and we hear how a poem was converted into a song. We also get to listen to that song as well, so I'm looking forward to hearing that. That interview is coming up after this one from 1983 and number one in this very week it's a massive hit for billy joel uptown girl going out especially to the scott street gang you know who you are joan and sam and balna hench and sean bridge mary and patty listening in there in newcastle broadcasting live across down patrick and beyond you're listening to your local station this is fm 105 Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Welcome back to the show this week again. It's Doxy Leakey. Hello, Doxy. Morning. And uh, Connell Montgomery. I think I got that pronunciation right this week, Connell. You're getting good at it, Chris. You're getting good at it. <laughs> Two celebrities from Kelly Lay once again with us. Uh, we're here to talk about something slightly different. Uh, and we have a new song released, I believe, Connell. Yes, uh, My Confession. Uh, released on the 29th of October. The lyrics are written by Duxie. Duxie sent me the lyrics a couple of years ago. Was that as a poem or...? Yeah, pretty much a poem. It's been a while. And and the song, the melody that I put to it has changed so much over over the last couple of years until I recorded it a few weeks back. It sort of started a bit of a trend for me with people who who are writing down their thoughts and sending them to me. And I would put them to song. After I've done that, I would register the song with PRS and the, these guys who, who who write the lyrics for the songs are credited. So then they, they become a songwriter. Which I, I think gives people a bit of self-worth and a bit of belief in themselves who are maybe struggling. Um... Yeah, so that that's basically what, what the idea behind Duxy gave me the idea because he was one of the first ones that sent me any lyrics, you know. PRS is the Performing Rights Society, so that's quite a big thing for someone who has never experienced anything like that before. Yeah, well, I just think it's... These people help me too by talking to me. I talk to them and and it just gives a bit back to people who think maybe they're stuck a wee bit and they're they're not capable of doing certain things and if they have songwriter on their CV you know to me that's a big thing I never thought I would get to the stage where I was registered 
as a songwriter and I didn't believe in myself. I, I was stuck in a place where, which wasn't very nice in a time in my life. And that's a bit of a long distant memory now. So I thought to, to give other people that sort of feeling of self-worth and, and belief in themselves that it, it could maybe kickstart them into moving forward in their life, you know. It's a very, very unselfish idea because and, and, and I know you've been in lockdown and you've been online and pushing stuff out there, but, you know, I, I think it's a very unselfish thing to do uh, and, and a great platform for people like you, Doxy. Um, it's, I, I would say when you put pen to paper, it's something you hadn't even thought it was going to go to music. No, definitely not. <clears throat> um, you're, you're, you're writing things down to get them out, as Connell said whenever we went and seen Ducks, <clears throat> which was another poem that was written. Um, lift the lid off. And um, I've, I've always written things down. You know, I've always written poetry and tried to put my, my, my thoughts onto, onto paper. And... Um, all these, all these poems were there, and all of a sudden, they're now real. They're on paper, and then for Connell to turn it into a song was just mind blowing. You know, you had no idea that was going to happen, of course. No, no, we we we, we sort of talked a, a little bit about it. Um, I I had asked um, Kevin, who you know, I had asked Kevin, what was the difference between? I watched one of his lives. It was like a live question thing that he was doing. And I said, you know, what's the, the difference between a poem and a song? Mm. Because the way I, I looked at it was, you know, that's a really nice poem, or that rhymes, or it does this and does that, and, you know, the format of it was the same. And it, I just can't remember the name he says, but he says it was one of the, the singer-songwriters, like rock legend, set from the 70s and early 80s, says, you know, there's no difference between... a, a It's only the melody that's added to it, you know? So um, I talked to Connell then, it was around the Yacht Club, wasn't it? And um, yeah. I says, you know, I'd like to put something down on paper. Would you be able to do anything with it? And I'd written that one, and then all of a sudden, he says, here, that and it didn't take him very long. When, it, when he started, it didn't take him very long at all. And, but like he said, it changed that many times. You know, there's been like almost Mexican feel to it, that there's been, or Spanish, yeah. it's been amazing the the transformation of the of the 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 lyrics you know talking about the lyrics so this song's called my confession um and and when we write things there are stories there sometimes there are emotions there sometimes it's a release what was this this poem for you at that time i when i i wrote the 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 words i wasn't in a good place at all um it was 2018 i think it was and um so it was a brief couple of years ago it was it was about how I felt um, in relationships, and um, yeah, it, it 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 was sort of deep. Um, my confession, really, <clears throat> a broken hearts. Well, I, I know it off by heart, as you can imagine, and it actually is strange because there's only two or three that I know off by heart because normally when you get the inspiration for a poem it just comes and if you don't get it down as anybody if you don't get it down really quickly it's gone you know it goes out into the universe or wherever it wants to go so um it was really me explaining to myself 
in an understanding so I understood it how I felt in relationships after relationships um, how intense I I felt towards that person should it have been a long standing relationship or you know a very brief one I didn't believe that you could enjoy being with someone without actually trying to give it your all give give your whole self to that person for the amount of time for the amount of time that you were there and and being um, intimate or passionate with that person and um, so yeah it sort of goes well deep without getting into too much nitty-gritty of it <laughs> we'll not pray too much but you 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 know I think at that time when you wrote that, there was maybe another 30 put on paper at about the same time. I think if I remember looking back on some of your Facebook posts. I lifted the lid off like that man suggested. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, when, you're, when you're putting, when you're insecure like I was um, and you're putting stuff on paper like that, you're, when you put it up on public viewing, you might as well have stood there with a great big target on your chest and your arms open wide going, okay, hit me with it, you know what I mean? And um, sort of Connell um, taught me not to be afraid, or or not taught me not to be afraid, but just went, you know, what what can these people do? What can the the bullies and the bullied me or whatever, what can they say, you know? Um, So I just started putting them up and put them up and put them up and put them up and put them up. At the end of the day, there was... 30 odd years of poetry that wanted out all starting to come out um, and it did want out it wanted out it wanted sharing with the world um, it was a gift to the world that through writing I, I could I could um, give to people some of them are melancholy, some of them are quite humorous some of them are thing, but every one of them are sort of how I felt how I feel um, tales from the heart and I think that's important when you're writing pieces I'm going to come back to you and talk to you about actual writing because I know there may have been difficulties there in the past but I want to talk to Connell about the musical side of things then so when something lands in your desk uh, it's a poem it may or may not be metered correctly Um, how how do you find that when you go and try and put music to to, to words sometimes there's a lot that that come and are still there and and nothing inspiration hasn't struck but some some like like this one my confession I didn't have to jig any words about or, or put anything new in really um, it just seemed to flow although at the start it was more upbeat and, and it was it was that song was travelling at a pace um, over the last couple of years it's it's sort of come back now that I understand what the what the words really mean. It it had to it had to slow down in pace. So you actually, whenever you seen this, you didn't know what was in Doxy's mind at the time. So you had in your mind what way it should be, the pace of it, and then you suddenly found out what the story was and changed. Yeah. Well, the more I dabbled with it. The, the more the lyrics sit with you and I think Duxie wanted me to discover more or less for myself in the end I did have to ask <laughs> because it, it was sort of niggling at me that 
am I getting this right? And and when I'm when I'm singing other people's lyrics and stuff, you really have to put yourself where they are to get to get the the story across. Ne- nearly t- try and live what they've lived, you know. But musically, do you know, whenever you're you are a singer songwriter, so you know what it's about. You have su- you have a melody going through your own head, and maybe you'll bring in the words at that stage. You know, I'm trying to think of some classic songs, Leonard Skinner or something, and the words just match the music because they've been with that the whole journey. You you've only been with us half a journey, isn't that right? Yeah. Um, I suppose it sits. The the way it rolled off and the 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 words rolled off the tongue into the music. There w- there was a stage where is that fitting? Is it not fitting? You know, um, and I suppose for the listener, it it may take a few listens for for it to really sit with them. There's there's a lot of new music we all listen to. I suppose that. We go, I'm not sure about that. Mm. And then you've heard it ten times, you go, I like that, you know. So I suppose the lesson there is don't disregard anything too early. Give give everything a chance, you know. I, I think and and I'm not I don't mean this critically, but it's a song that does grow. It's not a song that you just go and t- and then you start listening to the words and it just grows on you the whole way, the ambience of the whole songs we put together is brilliant. And I think I've seen on one of your Facebook posts where you, you'd actually been in the studio and you can see the notes on top of Doxy's words, DCG all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um the arrangement and the production of the song has to, the credit has to go to Jared Dornan at Hills at Hillside Studio. Um We all I had really was was the acoustic version, and I was dabbling with a bit of harmonica and stuff. But George sort of took it to another level with with, with the, as Doxy said, there's there's a wee bit of a Mexican feel to it with with the trumpets and stuff. And and George just, I, th- I think what he's done with it has added to what Doxy was actually feeling. It gives that sort of pain, maybe. Or, 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 what he what he was experiencing at the time, you know. So, so Jared has really felt what we were feeling when when he's listened to what I gave him, you know. Yeah, I, I think I listen. Is there like a Spanish guitar in it? Is there like some sort of timpani? If that's the right word, it's like a Caribbeany drum in the background as well. It's just a total Jared, mixer of sounds. These things, and these things are coming. To us, as we're as we're sitting in the studio, and we've got the 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 beat down and the vocal track down, and then all these ideas either come to me or come to him, mostly Jared, but um, everything just seemed to fall into place very quickly with it, you know. Um, and just the feel of the song and, and every instrument that that we've added into it, it just seemed to work, you know. I'm going to go back to Doxy. Doxy, you had made a comment, and, and certainly an online comment. I know thousands of words, but I don't know what they look like. Uh, and the word dyslexia came into that post as well. You know, I, I've talked to you before about school life and coming through school, and, you know, you took a different path than some people in life, and words probably didn't come easy. And now look what you've done. Do you know, that journey, it must be an inspiration to other people. 
Well, I, I would hope so. Um, yes, dyslexia played a big, big part in my school days um, and, and my adult life as well. <clears throat> I would have posted some poems up and uh, I found that, you know, people would have corrected me um, a lot. So, um, yeah, it, it, I just sort of stopped caring because people would know what I meant. Um, and then I took the lid off, yeah. And mm. um, so then, like, some of the, the stuff that I've written, when you put it up on Facebook, is, it's, um, it's just red line after red line after red line after red line underneath it. And then I would have got, like, really confused because it would give you all these options. And then I'm going, I actually don't know how to spell the proper one. So then I was taking gambles. So so every one of my poems, honestly, you could find that they've been edited, you know, because I completely missed words. Because mm. in my mind, I, I see the sentence is finished, as I'm three words still from finishing it. You know, in my mind, it's finished. So there's like words missing completely from the poem. So I would go back, I would go maybe have a cigarette, and then I would go back to it and go right and read through it again and go, oh, there's a word missing. Edit post, edit post, edit post. I think actually my confession was edited at about 15, I remember it well, it was about 15 times it was edited because, oh, you know, you got some people send you a nice private message, do it really discreetly. Listen, that's spelt wrong, fantastic poem, really love it, made me cry, made me happy, made me whatever. And they send you a private message, and then you get the, the, the other type that were. You know, I, I, I remember um, vaguely writing um, one about, leave, you know, about finding your force, finding your, you know, leaves were swirling around in the wind. And I'll never forget it because I was actually on the phone that morning to the mortgage company explaining that I was not going to be able to, you know, make a payment. And the I, I can remember sitting exactly where I was. I can remember the rain on the windscreen of the Land Rover. I can remember absolutely everything about that day and I put it up on, on Facebook and I know there was no malice meant in it and um, but it was find your force and the comments started coming in oh I found my force this morning you know I found my force last night when I was at a you know a couple of drinks I found my force and I'm going you know so it sort of set me back a bit more mm -hmm. but yeah dyslexia I just don't care anymore I just don't mind it at all you know if I miss a word I go back and edit it mm -hmm. in fact there's there's some of the poems that I'm sure there's words missing spelt wrong or even like they are you know the the, the apostrophe yeah. in the right yeah, yeah. place you know and T double O you know and going to and then a friend of mine actually says you know the best way to remember which one is which is is to um, T double O means also and I went, oh, that's, as, you know, shoulders dropped, tongue went from the roof of the mouth. Oh, that's easy to remember. I like that. But yeah, dyslexia, it played a big part in school. It played a big part in my adult life. It played a big part in not um, wanting to be criticised. So you just slipped away back into, you know... You'll take everything as criticism, but, but in, in, instead of taking it as 
you know, if somebody does correct you, you're being corrected in a positive manner. But we seem to take it as criticism and then we slink away back instead of having the positivity in the forefront of our minds to take it as a positive thing and to say thank you when people do correct you. When you first heard this, uh, the, the, the finished version now, what did you think? Well, I've heard that many versions of it now, um, and every one of them blew my mind. Well, the, the, the first finished version that I um, that, that, uh, that is now being, you know, being released, um, when I first heard it, I just couldn't believe it. I put my earphones in, I was on my anxiety drive that night, and he sent it to me, because he's, he's like a child at Christmas morning. You know, oh mate, you know, I have this, but you can't hear it yet. Next thing you know, boom, there it is. Oh, I just thought I'd share it with you, you know. And when you get a text from him, it's like, you know, you, you get the goosebumps. In fact, like I'll show you now, I've got the goosebumps. Even thinking about that atmosphere, when he's like, Oh, mate, we hear this here, you know, but I can't share it with you. Bang, there it is. Oh, I just couldn't help myself, you know. Um, but the finished version wouldn't have been like this. One of our walks in Delamont, and you suggested that I pull it yeah, down yeah. To, to a deeper voice. Yeah. And it, that's where it really started to grow. In in the actual song, when you know he's 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 singing the, the first couple of verses in it, and it's really deep, and then there's the there's the bridge, and then he come in, and the hers are standing on my neck, thinking about it, you know, and it's high, and he, you know, you've hurt this way because it was more. I looked in your eyes like no other before. And I'm going, oh my word, what has he done? You know what I mean? That's amazing. So yeah, I, like I pretty much cried actually. Yeah, I, I cry every time he, he comes out with a cracker. I, you know, because as, as, as he explained to me one time, you know, songs are a story. You, they, they are a story. And you've heard a song where it means something completely different than what the actual songwriter was. So I now listen to music. And it's, it's opened my mind, actually. It's opened my eyes about a lot of songs that, you know, you're actually listening to the story, the, the true story, not the commercial story, you know, of a, of a jilted girlfriend or, you know, where it, it's just about making money. It's like singer-songwriters like Connell and, you know, Kevin and whatnot else, there's, there's heartfelt stories in them, you know, and that's... What, what he did with my confession was he took a heartfelt story and he added his twist to it, you know what I mean? And it's it's amazing to, to, to have that gift to be able to give to the world, I think is absolutely amazing. There, there, there's I, I get what you're saying, it's not a, a commercial thing that's been compiled by a computer and put in a beat date. Yeah. There's a passion in this, there's an absolute passion in this. And I know what you wrote uh, after you so, well, it went once you before you officially released it. Sometimes in life, a certain person walks your path with you for a short time, and sometimes a bit longer. I am at a stage where I am walking beside an incredible person. His name is Doxy Leakey, and he sent me this poem two years ago at the start of our friendship. Called it my confession, which he turned into a song. And then you go on to say that it changed so much over a couple of years. Uh, and I think the last line says it all. Congratulations, mate. You're now a songwriter, an artist, and in your new venture, giving back to the community with your art and one of the most fantastic human beings to be by my side in life's journey. And then you go on to talk about the video that accompanies it as well. That This video is only one scene, but when you watch and listen, you will see why. 
tell us a little bit about that video and it's not a massive scene video it's not where you're flicking between different pictures it's just one picture that slowly comes up onto the screen yeah um with the other releases recently have needed videos with this one I think it only went through my head for about five minutes and we had been we had, we had started a mindful walk with each other at the start of last year, it was the start of last year, mm-hmm. right about February. And it was like a red moon came up over the lock. We we were up in Delamoon Country Park and Doxy says, Stand you down at the shore. It was dark, stand you down at the shore and we'll get a photo. And we the shores of Killalayan mind. So then we took a couple of photographs and acknowledged it as as usual, the two of us, <laughs> and I'd actually, I had all the photographs on my phone, and there was one that I'd taken of Duxie standing in the same kind of pose that I, I had been standing for the shores of Killalay, and I scrolled through my phone and I seen it, and I, it just struck me, that's the only scene that this video needs, it doesn't need lyrics up on screen it just needs my confession on it and it's the the moon coming up over the lock and a silhouette of Duxie standing looking out over the lock in reflection and I thought that was just perfect it doesn't need anything else but when we become rich and famous we're, go- we're going to do a real a real Hollywood production kind of thing you know <laughs> Well, listen, guys, we're going to take a listen to that song now. Uh, for anyone who wants to get a copy of that, how do, how do we do that, uh, Carl? It's on uh, my Bandcamp page. You can download it at the minute for £1. Um, you can also get it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and all the normal platforms. Now, just before you two go, if this was on an old vinyl on a record... What speed would it be playing at in RPM? 33. It's on an album. 45. <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Chatting with Chris on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. And a massive thank you to those two talented individuals, Colin Montgomery and Doxy Leakey, for taking time out and speaking to me about their new single, My Confession, which is available on Bandcamp and all other platforms out there. You may have wondered what that last bit in the interview was about. Well, now, just before you two go, if this was on an old vinyl on a record, what speed would it be playing at in RPM? 33. It's on an album. Forty-five. <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> well, I interviewed the guys and Jill Gordon. I think it was way back in June of this year about a new podcast that they had launched on Friday, the eighteenth of June, all centered around mindfulness. And forty-five is their catchphrase. So do pop over to their Facebook site, the number forty-five bus. Uh, I think they've well over a thousand followers now. I applaud those guys. They have done so much good work out there in the community.
Well, without further ado, we are going over to the much-awaited and talented Castle Welland Studio players for the first in the second series of their comedy sketch, The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan, no middle name Jackson. As you come in, can you each take a script from the table and look for your part? The writer will not be available today, but I will do my best to answer any questions. However, bear in mind that I am only here for the beginning of this sketch. Wow, you got the part of Jonathan. I know, which is really strange because I thought that part would have automatically gone to, um, uh, you know, any idea where he is. Not heard a word from him since the day at the auditions. Glad to see you kept Samantha. So am I. But would have happily taken the part of Donna had it been offered. My part was never in question. I told the writer what I would do to him if he wrote me out. After me turning down that other job. Morning. 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 So, how are you? Yeah, good. Here's the script. Oh, do you have one, thanks. The writer called me to his home yesterday and told me the news. He said he was unhappy with the way I was playing Jonathan. Apparently, it was too stilted for his liking. But that's how he asked me to play it, so I don't know. Because we had known each other for a long time, he said it seemed only fair that I hear it from him rather than finding out today. But still involved in the series, even if I'm no longer playing Jonathan. Is he going to write another new main character for you? No, no, I'm, I'm to, um, I'm, I'm to play one of the many bit part characters that pop up now and again. Oh, I'm really sorry. Not your fault. Don't blame you for auditioning for Jonathan after losing the narrator's part. I would have done the same. Never really thought I stood a chance. Just assumed it would go to you without question. Really surprised that you're no longer playing Jonathan. To be honest, I think the writer was still annoyed with me for telling him that episode six of the last series before the rewrite. It's pretty poor. Oh well, no hard feelings, just the way things happen. Onwards and upwards, as they say. I'm going to grab a coffee. Anyone else fancy one before we start? Not for me. No thanks. All good here. Wow, did not see that coming. Me neither. Here comes the new person. Morning. Morning. Here's the script. Thanks. Well, looking at this, my first bit part is towards the end. In that case, I'm going to go next door to the cafe and have a fry. I missed breakfast this morning because I was running late. So it's true then. Caroline got the part of the narrator. I don't think anyone was surprised at that one after all the time she spent with the writer. I heard a rumour that she is giving him suggestions and ideas for storylines. Thinking about it, he did struggle quite a bit with episode 12 of the first series. At one point, I don't think he'd be able to finish it. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, it was done. You don't think that Caroline, you know. What helped him with it? Perhaps. Maybe. Well, if she did, he did not give her credit. Considering how much he loves hogging the limelight, that does not surprise me. Did you see the look on his face when he had to share credit in episode 10 of the last series? I know, I did laugh. Morning, everyone. Morning, Caroline. Morning. Yeah, morning. 
I would just like to say that I'm really looking forward to working with everyone, and I hope we can all work together as professionals. Shall we start? Good idea. Welcome back to the amazing adventures of Jonathan, no middle name Jackson. In the very last episode of the first series, we left Jonathan, Samantha, and Donna in a caravan at Glastonbury Fair in 1971. Jonathan was given a pair of special boots made by the Welsh German engineer and scientist of Native American descent, if a shoe fits. He will need to use the boots in this episode in order to get to the next one. Right. We have these nice shiny ruby red boots, but what now? The whistler left without telling us where to go next. Jonathan, look inside the boots and see if there is any writing. Yes, there is. What does it say? Size 12. Anything below that? Yes. And? It says, these boots will make your feet smell. Is that it? No. Below that, it says, you're going to need these where you're going. What does that mean? No idea. But just below that, it says, I would put these on now if I was you. Quickly, Jonathan, put them on. I'm trying, Samantha, but they don't. Try taking your shoes off, Jonathan. You might have more luck. Jonathan takes off his shoes and manages to get the boots on just in time before the swirly-whirly thing appears and whisks the three of them off to a dark, foreboding place covered with trees and undergrowth. Where are we? I have no idea. Listen. Can you hear that? I know. We're in a jungle. How do you know that? Call it women's intuition. So what happens now? Jonathan, up in that tree, there's a monkey trying to draw your attention. Oh, I'd better stay perfectly still then. Why? Well, he's trying to draw me at attention. Give me strength. Look! Now the monkey is waving a piece of paper. I think that might be for us. What's the monkey up to now? Ew. I'm not sure it should be doing that with its finger. The monkey is throwing the piece of paper to the ground. Samantha, pick it up. Uh, no. I think I'll leave that one for Jonathan. It's a note from my father. It says that the swirly-whirly thing has transported us back to prehistoric times and that we should head due south to find the next artefact. Should there not be an identical note from your uncle? Yes, you're right. I wonder where it is. I think the monkey still has it, and judging by what it's doing with it, I'd forget about it on this occasion if I was you. Does a note say what the artefact looks like? No, but there is an extra bit at the bottom. What does it say? It says, stop reading. The note is finished. Jonathan, Samantha and Donna head due south until their way is blocked by a really, really big lake of lava. So what now? Oh, there's a caveman coming towards us. Ask him what do we do. Excuse me, can you help us? Ugh. Sorry? I said, ugh. Why? Can you not speak? Yes, I can, but I'm waiting for the writer to think up the lines he wants me to say. 
So in the meantime... Ugh! Are you here to help us find the artifact? Probably. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's the only reason I am in this sketch. But without the lines, I have no idea what to say. So... Ugh! What did he say? He says he's waiting on the writer. Oh, this could take some time then. I've made a toy boat out of sticks and I'm going to float it on the lake. Oh dear. I love the whole Viking funeral vibe you have going on there. Anything yet, Mr. Caveman? Not yet, but the minute I get some lines, you will be the first to know. That's very kind of you. Ugh! Hello, do you need any help? Who are you? I'm his neighbour. I live in the cave over there, second on the left. The one with the rose trellis and windmill in the front garden. I saw that the writer hasn't given him any lines yet, so I thought I would offer my services. Can you tell us what to do next? Ugh! I have a feeling we're not going to get very far at this rate. I've got it! I've got it! I know what you have to do! Does this involve a story? No. Good. On that small island in the middle of the lake, there is a pillar of rubble that was built centuries ago by the famous caveman architect Barn Nee. From the day it was completed, it became a local tourist attraction known as Barn Nee's Rubble. On it, he placed five magical stones, infused with mystical powers, and given life by the caveman sorcerer Flint. Unfortunately, one of the stones fell into the lava and died. Another one left because he said the pressure of being a stone was too much for him. Thankfully, a replacement was found, so we still have four stones left. These stones of flint, or flint stones, will only reveal their power when you say the secret word, YABAD! And that's all I can say, because of copyright. But you get the idea. Once activated, the stones will provide you with information as to the whereabouts of the next artifact, and also help you avoid the dinosaur you will encounter in the next episode. You said it did not involve a story. Ugh! How do we get the stones? That's what the boots are for. Do I just walk across the lava? No. What you have to do is part your lips and start dancing whilst clapping your hands and sing, I can't get no satisfaction. Try it, Jonathan. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. Are you sure this is right? Nothing seems to be happening. That's because it has nothing to do with the sketch. Samantha bet the rest of us that she could get you to act like Mick Jagger, and it looks like she won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very funny. Yes, hardy ha ha. Do you think we can get back to what we're here to do, or do you have any more childish games you want to play? Oh, don't be so upset, Jonathan. It was only a spot of fun, something to welcome you to the park. Just a bit of leg pulling, that's all. However, he is right. If you have quite finished, we have a show to do. Knew she wouldn't find it funny. I suppose we should get back to it. Right. Take it from where Jonathan says, do I just walk across the lava? 
Do I just walk across the lava? No. What you do is tap your heels together three times and say, "Take me to the stones." As if by magic, which of course it is. As soon as Jonathan says the words, the boots raise him up three feet in the air and slowly glide him over to Barney's rubble. Once there, they gently set him down on the small island where he collects the flint stones. I have them. How do I get back? Can I have your attention, please? The attraction is now closed for today, so if everyone can make their way to the exit, which is through the gift shop on the left. Neither of which have been built yet, of course. But if you can just imagine they are there as you leave, it would help with the experience. But Jonathan is still on the island. Also, we are standing right next to you. Is the megaphone really necessary? Well, that's your own fault for turning up so late. If you wanted to have enough time to get back from Barney's rubble, you should have come earlier. And yes, it is. I need to make sure that everyone has heard the announcement. It's also helpful for those who are hard of hearing. But there are only two of us, and we can both hear perfectly well. Well, you won't by the time I'm finished. What time do you open in the morning? Ten a.m. Jonathan, we have to go. They are closing, but don't worry. We will be back tomorrow. What? You can't leave me here. It's only till the morning. You're perfectly safe. That's right, isn't it, attendant? Oh yes, perfectly safe. Bye, Jonathan. Bye. By the way, did he take his lava monster protection tablet? Bugger, they're too far away to hear me. Oh well, I'm sure he did. No one would be foolish enough to stay on the island overnight if they hadn't. Join us next week for another episode of the amazing adventures of Jonathan, no middle name Jackson. In that episode, Maria O'Brien played the narrator, Mark Maidenupney played Jonathan Jackson, Michelle Dorans played Samantha Smallwood, Siobhan Miller played Donna the Druid, Austin Biggerstaff played the caveman. Anthony McFadden played Old Jonathan and the Attendant. Mark Hasley played the Greeter. Lucushla McKibben playing the Cavewoman. The writer was Anthony McFadden. You're listening to Chris Scott. On FM 105, Down Community Radio. Great stuff. Thank you, Castle Well and Studio players. Uh, looking forward to next week for episode two of the amazing adventures of Jonathan No Middle Name Jackson. Thank you guys for your contribution to the programme. Thanks also to Doxy Leakey and Colin Montgomery for joining me earlier. Their new single, My Confession, is now out in all the usual outlets online and you can download those. Thank you all for joining me tonight. If you have missed anything, well, you can listen in again on Sunday 
evenings between 8 and 9 here on FM 105 Down Community Radio and do a catch up. Highlights of each programme are also available on my own podcast so have a look at my Facebook page The Chris Scott Show FM 105 Down Community Radio and you can also email me at chris.scottfm105 at outlook.com Next week, a special treat for you all uh, in advance of Armistice Day, uh, next week being the 10th of November. I will be talking to Austin Cheevers from Killalay at the graveside of a local man who fought in World War I and died as a result of his injuries, uh, William Samuel Montgomery. Uh, he was born in Killalay and died in November 1916 as a result of wounds received at the Battle of the Somme. A sad loss and a sad story, which was really replicated, I suppose, throughout the province during World War One. So that programme is not to be missed. So finishing off the programme tonight, to all those Maggies out there, Margarets, Mags, Madges, whatever they call you. This one was 50 years ago today, number one on the charts. It's Rod Stewart and Maggie May. So until next week, stay safe and stay tuned in to FM 105 Down Community Radio. Good night, folks. 